Hey everyone, it's Cam Hurt, host of the Best Show Ever podcast, and we have got a second season coming out very soon that I am very excited about. We've got some very cool special guests, including musical acts that we all love, like Karina Reichman, Daniel Donato, Jake Brownstein from Eggy, Rick and Peter from Goose, and many more. Tune in for new episodes dropping on Osiris Media March 5th on the Best Show Ever podcast. Hi, listeners. I want to tell you about a cause that I'm involved with at Heritage Radio Network. HRN is celebrating its 15th year, and to celebrate, we're deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org slash 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org slash 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Osiris. Welcome to another episode of Goose Chicks Podcast, an all-women-led show focused on the band Goose and the community that supports them. I'm Rosie Mack, producer and co-host. And on today's show, we are joined by Matt Cornfield, the founder of the Hot Tea Party, a group that supports Goose fans who choose to stay clean slash sober during Goose shows, as well as two sober Goose fans, show stable Binky Dubloc, and friend of the show, Michael Basie, to talk about the sober experience at Goose shows and the importance of creating spaces like the hot tea party in music communities. How are you doing? Alexius is here. So is Chelsea. What's going on, ladies? Hey, I'm good. I think you're muted, Alex. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, everybody. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. It's Friday. So going into the weekend, just going to chill. The kids are out for school. So now I don't have to wake up super early and I can get my schedule started later. So that's always good. Yes. And um, array below streaming tonight. So yes. that's, that's my plan for the night. It's going to be chill. Yeah, for sure. Um, and they're in, they're playing this weekend also. So it's like going full array below like into the whole weekend. So it's tonight and tomorrow night. Mm -hmm. um, speaking of, uh, I wanted to, I originally was just going to mention here that the boards are up for all three of the um, early June fest that Goose played and that I wanted to call special attention to the Red Bird into In Your Eyes from the Cathead Jam second set. But then, of course, because Goose is Goose, they um, announced last night that they were dropping, um, and if you all saw a slot on our live with Houseplant, we mentioned it there, dropping their Radio City Music Hall um, shows. Um, on streaming last night at midnight, and then today, midday, they released the, quote, live at Radio City Music Hall 12 times LP box set. And I'm going to read from the website here. It's shipping in November 2023. Goose has been making waves nationwide in recent years, and a pair of sold-out performances at New York City's hallowed Radio City Music Hall in June 2022 were a defining moment for the burgeoning quintet. Now fans can relive both full concerts June 24th and 25th, 2022 with live at Radio City Music Hall available for pre-order as a limited edition 12 LP vinyl box set. Now, experience the clarity, warmth, and richness of the band's renowned live sound as if you were sitting front row center every time you listen. The limited edition box set presents both concerts on 12 180-gram sunburst vinyl LPs, each with the unique color combination and includes an 80-page coffee table book photo, photo book that documents the excitement of both shows. All 12 records are presented in individually print sleeves. 
that combine to form a mosaic of the official poster show work by Jim Pollock. Everything comes housed in a limited edition hand-numbered box, making it the perfect way to commemorate the band's historic weekend. Um, wow. I, I mean... <laughs> <laughs> what? That's, what? Oh. Yeah, it's kind of wild. Um, you, if you want to get it, just go to store.gustaband.com. Um, it's the first thing on the page. So, yeah. Um, I'm broke, so I don't know why Goose keeps it. <laughs> right? Like, come on. Come on. Oh, my gosh. But then it's like, then you hear that. I'm broke. Then you hear that, and it's just like, oh, but I have to have that. Like, yeah. I mean, the video just, just clean out the way it, like, showed the whole mosaic. I was like, oh. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Oh, that's, that's different. Very different. Um, and I love that they're noting that it, it it was a commemorative moment for them. I think sometimes folks don't take time to do that as it's happening, and they wait a long time to acknowledge when things were important to them. And I love that they're showing this type of attention and reverence to that that moment because we all recognized it, and obviously so do they. So um, you know, even if you can't afford. Hopefully we can like have one and like pass it around like, you know, traveling um, sisterhood. (laughs) We can do traveling sisterhood of the um, live um, LP box set and just like trade off at shows. So there's a thought out there for those who are thinking maybe you want to have it, but maybe you don't need to have it all the time. All right. Anyways, let's get to our show, our main show and bring on our guests. Uh, first up, we have Matt Cornfield. Matt was born in 1970, went to many shows and had a wild ride until age 34 when he got clean. It took him six months to make a show clean. Now his life is full of joy and when he gets to do a yellow balloon service, it's a mashup of two of his favorite things. Matt, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, thanks for having me. This is cool. I'm so glad. We're so glad that you're here. Um, Next up is friend of the show, Michael Basie, who grew up in Southwest Michigan, is currently a resident of Portland, Oregon, and believes that our job on earth is to make people better, which I can attest to. He definitely makes me better. What's going on, Basie? Uh, Not a whole lot. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Good to see you. And last, but for sure, as far from least as you could possibly get, is Binky. Binky was born in and currently lives in Connecticut. She followed The Grateful Dead from 1984 to 1995 and returned to the music scene in 2015 after becoming sober, where Dead & Company provided an amazing space created by the Wharf Rats um, that supported her sober live music experience. She saw Goose in 2019 and became a committed Goose fan in 2020, hitting the road to follow them whenever possible. She celebrated 10 years on May 10th and is grateful for her sobriety Goose, the hot tea party, and the amazing Goose community. What's going on, Vinky? I'm so glad you're here on the show. <laughs> Hi, thank you for having me. I'm like, I'm try- I just got done, like I'm packed up for a pet sit. So like when I'm done here, I got to run over and take care of some doggies for the weekend. Yeah. Wish I was in Colorado. <laughs> I, yeah. I gotta fund new shows somehow. <laughs> yeah. We all wish we were in Colorado, right? Yeah, at least I get to work with dogs, so it's it's not yes. a bad uh, consolation that's, for sure. That's awesome. Yeah, I always love all your photos of all the doggies. They're so cute, uh-huh. so sweet. Um, and um and yeah, so big already below weekend out in Colorado. Plus Trey is out there. Plus King Giz was just playing Red Rocks. Um, I think Goose was at that show. I'm mm-hmm. pretty sure. And so yeah, a lot of great music out there. Good for everyone out in that area of the country. All right. So um again, we were so excited when we started mapping out um from the beginning and inception of uh, Goose Chicks podcast, we knew we wanted to do this episode to talk about um, the hot tea party, to talk about um, sober life at shows and within live music communities. I think it's such an important topic and also just to help destigmatize things and maybe dispel a few myths that people might have um, around this topic because I think sometimes folks don't understand, they don't know, and then they behave in ways that are detrimental to the community. So we're here to hopefully get through some of that and also have a little bit of fun with everyone that's here and so lucky to um, know the three of you and have you with us. Matt, I wanted to start with you and just like, can you tell us a little bit about um, Yellow Balloon Groups and then about Hot Tea Party? Like what made you want to create this space specifically in in the Goose community? All right. Well, I'll just uh, take it from there. I'll say, before I say anything else, I just want to say that this yellow balloon group for Goose would have happened with or without me. So I have no ownership of that. You know, 
I am blessed and lucky to just have been in the right place. And I put some people together. I introduced some people to each other. And it's, I don't know how much time you have, but I could share the history of the hot tea party. But I don't think it's, and I love, Leslie, what you said about dispelling myths, you know? And so just so everybody knows, just for the record, so to make yes. the record clear, you know, Big Daddy Don, back on the, and I heard Binky was saying she was back in the old days with the Grateful Dead tour. You know, this, this whole thing started, this guy was on tour, okay? This guy, Don Byron, okay? And, and um, like, he got, he had to go to, you know, where he had to go so that he could get his thing together because he just couldn't, you know, use anymore. And when I say use, I mean use any mind or mood altering substances. I just say that. I say use. And um, but he wanted to get back on tour, you know, and he was part of a group, you know, but the group wasn't affiliated with the band and there wasn't any place for him to go with the band. And he literally I mean, this is and I can share with you guys where he tells his own story. But he literally asked this group, this 12-step fellowship group that's completely peripheral and unrelated to the shows, like, would you guys go with me to the show? Because I'm trying to go to the show, you know? And, like, once people saw that this was happening, it took on a, a life of its own. And so all of the yellow balloon groups and it just happens to be that the yellow i guess yellow is the universal symbol of friendship and all that and it's a really easy way to find each other at the show so it's really stuck as a symbol right before we started i was writing i came just like right off the dome i came up with 15 names of groups wow uh, you know that are all associated with bands happy to share that whole thing don't want to monopolize the time no like, you want to hear i think this is great because i'm part of you know dispelling myths involves making sure that we don't erase the history of things and yeah. i'm a real proponent of making sure that one like we acknowledge the you know what was built before and that this is something that is common in music communities because again that destigmatizes things as well so like yes even your favorite band whatever it might be oh they fans right that are yeah. that are um, collaborating this way it's staggering how many of these things have been really blossoming and um it's interesting that you should say that everything leslie that you say makes me think of something else because no no it's not really in other genres mm. you know although yeah. i will say that the Green Bay Packers are an NFL team that now has a yellow balloon table. And that's I did, I saw that, which is pretty I cool. know, that's just so wild, right? Oh man, the Jets <laughs> could use it down in the metal. <laughs> but anyway, so here's this this band that is born out of a drug culture, the Grateful Dead. Yeah. And and now, so it, I mean, did you literally want me to read that list or you want me to talk yeah, a little please. bit about the no. hot tea party? Okay. Read, so read, read some of the lists. I got the Warfrat, obviously, the first. I'm sorry, I cut you off. No, I was just saying, yes, read through. Maybe not all of them, but let's do a good number of them. So, yeah, get started. I'll just do it something. quick. So, obviously, we know the Fellowship for Fish. And then my personal favorite, I'm a Ron. Okay, so Mo, the band Mo, has the Happy Hour Heroes. Uh, and this is kind of in chronological order. The Gateway, Widespread Panic, Jellyfish, String, string Cheese uh, Incident, and then Much Obliged for Umpreet's. Uh, Ween has one called the Sunny Bunnies. Digital uh, Buddhas are for uh, the Disco Biscuits. Daydream Farmer for Twiddle. Uh, Sobered Flock for Pigeons playing ping pong. Uh, nice. Dusty Baggies is another one that kind of came out around the same time as uh, Hot Tea. And then here's one that I just think is just so crazy. There's a dead cover band in like Indianapolis and they have their own group. They're called the the uh, the Dry Riders. And they're the name <laughs> of the, the group is Dry Rider. And um, I didn't I didn't read them all, you know, like you were saying. And, you know, as far as, uh, you know, as far as how this all happened, you know, I just I love doing this. Uh, and I know other people are going to share their stories about them loving doing it, too. And so I have a, a personal like I wanted at the show that I like. I mean, mm -hmm. I, from the moment I saw Goose, I, you know, probably a lot of you guys were around the same time as me. 2019, I was at Peach. I'm like what's going on here? What's a, what's going on with all these mustaches, you know, like, <laughs> you know, uh, and, and I did, I, I put a mustache on and I just, I, I heard, you know, I was like, okay, this is something, this is, this is okay. This is not just like uh, something else. This is something different. Mm -hmm. This is something that, and I personally, I think that, uh, you know, Goose has a, a very innovative sound, 
you know, that it doesn't sound like a lot of other things. And, you know, I'm not here to argue or debate with anybody, but, you know, I just loved it from the moment I saw it. And I was thinking, wouldn't it be cool, man, if they had a table too, you know? And so, um, you know, it, it really took off from there. And later on, I guess I'll share more of the details, but like I said, I don't want to monopolize. I want to hear about other people's experience. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much for that history lesson. I love it. And um, I think it's really great. It's also such a testament to like how community organizing works. It's very organic and it meets needs where people have them. And so this is such a beautiful movement that is connected, but also independent um, and, and naturally occurring within music communities, which is amazing. Um, so I wanted to just ask, um, we'll start with you, Binky. Is like, I know for a lot of people, like drug and alcohol use is or was much aligned, aligned with the music, live music experience. You know, what are some things that you might want to share about like your decision to um, become sober and how that affected you going to shows? And I know you had a community that was there to support you with the Warfrats when you were starting to see right. Debbie. Um, yeah, um, Especially because, you know, live music is such a healing thing in and of itself. So, like, giving it up feels like something really difficult. So, like, figuring that out is important, probably. Right. So, I, let me see, I spent all of my Grateful Dead years, obviously, um, under the influence. And then I really had left the music scene um, and really went down the rabbit hole of like severe alcoholism and drug addiction and all that stuff. Alcohol was really the one that had me down for keeps. Um, it was the one thing that I just couldn't give up. So when I finally gave it up, I was like in 2013, cause I was dying of end stage liver failure. Like that's what it took for me to stop drinking it was literally my liver was like on its way out. And, uh, I was really scared. So, um, so I, you know, slowly but surely got better. And um, in 2015, when Fairly Well, like when the dead got together for their 50th, I had the money and I had um, like I had the means to do to get everywhere, but I didn't have a community anymore. So I just kind of let that go. And then Dead and Company formed and I jumped on a bunch of Warfrat Facebook groups and started connecting with people there and Dead and Company came to Worcester and I live in central Connecticut. So Worcester's not that far from me. And um, so I went with a couple guys from AA. One of them um, is not really a deadhead or a fish fan or anything. Um, not even a jam band person. And then the other one is a huge um, fish fan and deadhead. So we went up together, but I had connected with some people online and I met them at the Warfrat meeting during, they have meetings at set break. Mm. And um, so introduced myself and started getting to know people. And then I started going to more shows and then I started connecting with even more people. And um, so it was just really beneficial because I just it helped give me the confidence to be able to go to the shows, knowing that I had safe space to be at and, um, you know, doing some work. I, I did AA for quite a while and doing the work in AA, the obsession was lifted. So once that was lifted after doing some spiritual work and step work and stuff, it made it much easier to um, go by myself to shows and just meet up with people there. Um, it made it easier for me to not be tempted and all that stuff. So like, I don't want to get into all that because A is not affiliated with any of these groups or anything like are any of the sober groups in, in the bands and stuff are not affiliated with any particular like AANA or anything like that. So um, but it just made it really, um, made that a lot easier. And then once I found Goose, I just like, there was just no holding back. And I just, the clarity that I have when I go to shows, mm. the ability to be able to know that I could drive three or four hours after a show, if need be to get to the next place or to get home or whatever, um, without worrying about the partying aspect of it or knowing that if I have an early flight in the morning to do whatever, it's like to know that I'm going to have like a clear head and a nice healthy body. It's just like, it keeps the momentum going, you know? And it's just, it's just been, it's just been absolutely incredible. Just, um, just taking this whole ride, like sober. Like I, I used to not be able to live my life. Like I couldn't even imagine my life with, without alcohol and drugs. And now like I've, now that I've got some staying power and some time, I couldn't even imagine my life under the influence of anything. So it's just been amazing. And the people, the sober folks that I meet along the way is just, 
it's just been such an incredible ride. And I've just met some really incredible people and formed some really, really close friendships and, uh, and all over the country. That's the best part. It's not like, Oh, it's just local. You know what I mean? It's not like I just have like local groups. It's like, no matter where I go, no matter what show I go to, I know there's going to be some sober folks that, um, that I can hang with, you know? So it's just. And that are comfortable identifying themselves as such and building community. Michael, I want to, turn over to you how what has this been like like finding community within live music spaces um you know and in support of sobriety i mean it's it's absolutely fantastic you know it uh it just makes everything easier and better for me so like let's see like so for me like i absolutely love drugs but i am fully incapable of regulating my consumption of them and that leads to negative effects on my life and the lives of people around me, right? And But the problem with me is that, like, I forget the second part of that statement completely. Mm. And so having a sober community around these bands, and when I walk into a show and I go find my spot, and then the first thing I do is I go to the yellow table and I give them some money and I get some candy and I get a hug and I tell somebody I love them and they give me a hug back. Mm. And just yeah. that, like, small act like puts it back into my subconscious that like there's a reason I got sober and like and and it's just it it reminds me of that because my brain likes to forget about those reasons you know mm-hmm. oh, I love that. Say, wow can I say thanks to that like that <laughs> that kind of gave me a like a nice nice feeling mm. <laughs> and uh uh you know I I like what Binky said too about you know doing a little bit of work on myself and having that obsession lifted and that's that's been a really really big thing for me and being able to go to shows too is that uh you know i know that that obsession's been lifted i know that i have a reason to come into this place which is for live music and then when i can find other sober people around to like reaffirm what i'm doing and why i'm doing it it just like makes it awesome mm-hmm. that's really that. cool it's Matt, could you tell everyone a little bit about like, and you know, y'all table at shows and so, and you also have an online presence, social media, but like what kind of support and resources are, are being made available at Hot Tea Party and, and, you know, generally in these Yellow Balloon, you know, affiliated sober spaces? Well, thanks. Let me, let me first just focus on what it is that's happening at the show. Mm-hmm. Um, because most of the time where the meeting is happening and where the table is like, you know, hearing what Michael, you know, just said, you know, really kind of got me emotional and I was feeling it and it just floods me with memories. I have, you know, for every one of those groups that I've named, I've, I've done the table, you know, and I'm a part, I'm a, a part of it. So at shows, you know, we're providing, and this is straight from war frat literature. We're providing traction in a slippery environment. Mm-hmm. Here's the hit, right? Is that recovery means different things to different people. You know, and, you know, if you go, I heard Binky mention particular, um, you know, groups or whatever like that, you know, and groups like that, 12-step groups, you know, they've got a whole set of traditions that protect them from having spokespeople, you know, and we don't have that, you know, mm-hmm. um, like, you know, we're just a yellow balloon community. And so we're there for anybody, for any reason who doesn't want to use at that show. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's true. Like probably a lot of percent. I'm not even going to put a number on it. I'm just going to say a lot of percent of the people live a recovery lifestyle. And maybe for them, that means total abstinence from all mind and mood altering substances. You know, I can say that for me, you know, but I'm not here to put my judgment on somebody else. And like Mm -hmm. at the table, we don't have an opinion about how other people do their shows. You know, we're not here to, you know, say like how shwilly somebody looks. You know, as a matter of fact, I want to give water to that person, you know, like I really do, Um, you know, um, and, and, um, you know, so, so first and foremost, that's what I wanted to say is that it's not exclusionary in any way. It's all inclusive for anybody. Real, real briefly, I just want to tell you about a Mo show in Utica, New York once. They're actually playing this weekend in the same venue. And there was a guy who came to the happy hour heroes table. And this guy was scared to death to fail his drug test. I love telling this story. Mm-hmm. He brought his parole officer to the show with him. <laughs> he didn't know about the table. And this PO was willing to go to the show with him. 
I mean, it's uh, upstate. It's wow, Utica, really like cold. right? So it's a cold. And 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 he just felt so relieved when he saw that the table was there. And who knows what kind of lifestyle he he has, you know? And and what he what else he wants to do in his life and where he wants to grow spiritually. And like that's not even what you know we're all about. Yeah, we do mostly all have that in common. That's true. But if not, you know, you're there. What if you're just a designated driver that night? Yeah. After the show. You know, or what if you just got to keep it together because, you know, you're going to see your dad after the show or whatever. Like, who cares? Like, if for any reason, like, you don't want to use at the show, like, we're down. We're we're there for you, that's you know. And, and, and so for some people, that's why for me personally, I don't do these clean time countdowns at the table, you know. And when people do want to do it, I don't I don't get in the way. You know, I'm not going to say, oh, don't do that. I'm not, the, you know, I'm not the police of anything. You know, not here anyway. Um, but yeah, no, that's that's what we do. And as far as connecting together, I think Facebook is a wonderful way that people connect and all kind of when, when I read your uh, your rundown of this and I heard something about me having a social media presence. I don't I don't consider, <laughs> I don't I don't I don't that's I socialize and I'll use whatever platform I can to socialize with other human beings, you know, but once Facebook groups get into controversial things, like I have this wonderful, uh, you know, way of just ignoring that and not participating in any of the nonsense that goes on, you know? So I, I would say that I'm proud of the hot tea party, you know, for having a Facebook group that doesn't really get involved with like kind of things that kind of deter. I don't know how many of you guys ever go on there or whatever, or see oh, what yeah, we know how it's out there for sure, on yeah. the fellowship page and it gets, you know, or the Warfrat page or whatever it gets like, you know, to be like a turnoff, you know, I unfollow everything. I suggest everybody unfollow. <laughs> Honestly, I pick and choose what I follow. Yeah. Right. Um, so again, curating your space for your, for your own, uh, you know, peace and well being for yeah, sure. I'm a curator. That's right. I just, That's can right. I say one thing? Just one. It's just real, so yeah. one of the great things about the table, besides obviously the traction for you know for whoever needs it, um, and the socialization, and for our sober folks to meet up and say hello to each other, um, is the one show at a time stickers. Because I always go to the table and I give a donation and I grab a one show at a time sticker, so that way when I have a sticker on me. Mm-hmm. And somebody is out there and is aware of what the sticker means and they need traction away from that table. They know that I'm a safe space. They can come grab me or stand near me or whatever they need to do for themselves because they know that I'm safe, that I'm sober and then I have their back. So that's like the importance of me, why I wear that sticker. And I always search that out first thing when I get to a show. And I, I want to add to that. My very first encounter with Binky was outside of a show and she had a yellow pin inside of her, her clear bag. And so I brought it up to her and that was incredible because I knew that she was sober. I knew that she was safe. I knew that she had my back and we had that connection because and we raged together that night. We raged together. We so totally hard did. <laughs> <laughs> that was so great. Up on the rail. It was amazing. <laughs> that's awesome oh, I love that yeah I remember the oh and the first like when I first met Binky in the very beginning like I knew she was sober and like if I had any alcohol anything I was so afraid like I wanted to be so respectful of you being sober <laughs> so I know that that she thought that I was being weird with her because I would always like run the other way when she would be coming and it was because I wanted to respect her being sober and then one night I was talking to her it was like before the show and I was like Binky I hope that you don't think I'm being weird I just want to respect you being sober and she's like she's like no it's okay she's like I'm fine I'm okay with this and uh and she's like I'm good and I was like okay and so it's, it's it was really cool to talk to her and like to, and to know that and to know, you know, are you cool being around people and just respecting people's sobriety and like what level they're at? Because some people can't have anything around, you know, they can't, they're not at that level yet. So it's also really important to see like what level people are at with that. And, but I'm so happy that Binky, like we've become such good friends, but it was so funny. I would just like jet the other way in the beginning. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I wonder, like, I think I feel like sometimes I don't mean I'm not trying to monopolize, but there is there are times that shows are trying to plan to go to shows and like 
you know, it's like, I want a room with, like, I want to hang out with people. Right. But like, can I really room with them? Because mm. some people are going to be up till six in the morning, you know what I mean? Or like just crazy partying in the room or whatever. So it's like, and then I, and I just wonder if like some people like stay away from me with planning because they know I'm sober and they don't want to feel uncomfortable, you know? So I don't know. It's just kind of weird sometimes, but, but, uh, it all works out, obviously, because I go to a ton of shows, but. <laughs> yeah, I think that's why I love conversations like this, because it helps like break down the walls and like the stigma around even having these conversations with each other about right. what society means to your friends and people that are in your lives and what their needs might be and being really open about having those kind of conversations. You know, we right. had um, June Atkin on the show a couple of weeks ago talking about the importance of mental health um, and attending to our, our individual needs. And I think this is a, such an extension of that or, you know, adjacent to um, those same self-care principles that we talked about on that show as well. Um, so uh, what advice do y'all have for fans who are attending a show sober for the first time that might be listening to this? Like how can they best utilize and engage with hot tea party? And what are some, you know, things that you, that have helped um, you all as shows? Um, Casey, we'll start with you. Uh, I mean, I would say the first thing would be for me is to, uh, like I said, I go find my spot usually, and then I locate the table and I go locate yeah. some other folks that are sober and I get that sticker. And, um, and it's awesome because, you know, immediately I'm reminded, like I said, that there's other sober people around me. And like Binky said, I know that all those people got my back and I got their back. And, you know, then from there, like, do with it whatever you want. If you're at the show by yourself and you don't want to be by yourself, I guarantee you, you can find six people at a hot tea party table to enjoy that show with. They're like, oh yeah, we got a spot over here. Come on, let's get down. Yeah. So, uh, you know, that, that, that's my number one advice is just, just introduce yourself, you know, be present at the table and go from there. Love it. Thank you. What about you? What are your suggestions for new folks? So, um, pretty much what he said, but also, you know, I would maybe even just go into whatever particular band you want to see, like whether it's Hot Tea Party or if it's Dusty Baggies with Billy Strings, wh whoever, Warfrats, and mention the fact that you want to go to the show, that you're flying solo and that you're a little bit nervous and you're looking for, you're looking to hook up with some people, like you're looking for some sober support, you know, and and I've seen it like not, not even in sober groups, like other groups and people say they're going solo with alone. It's like people like step up, step up immediately. And we're like, you can hang with us. You can, you know, and it will definitely happen within a sober group. And, you know, if, if, uh, if that falls short, definitely go up to the table. Once you, if you find your spot first, or if you need to find the table first and then figure out where you're going to be, then definitely find the table, start talking with some people, um, you know, there's everyone's so social at those tables. We're there. It's there. We're there for service. I would like to say that I do a lot of service at the tables, but and Matthew has asked me before, but I am a rail rider. So I have to be <laughs> in the front of the stage. That's and I, kind of bring, I always treat these shows like they're my vacation. So I'm like, I don't want to do service. It's terrible. <laughs> I do a lot of service like privately. People reach out to me all the time. I am very helpful, but, uh, but anyway, so yeah, I would, you know, I would definitely go to the table, um, grab a one show at a time sticker if they're available. Not every venue will allow stickers inside um, and just start talking to people. But, you know, definitely joining some of these groups like on Facebook, um, on, you know, on social media will definitely help to start your networking process. Mm -hmm. And then you start going to the shows and you'll just, you'd be amazed. You really, you'd just be amazed, you know, um, with how much sober support there really is at the shows. And definitely, um, you know, try to hit a meeting at set break and listen, you know, listen to what others have to say. And, um, my experience with going to Warfright meetings, um, you know, in the past have always been the most people share about gratitude. They're just so grateful that they're mm -hmm. at the show, that they have the sober support and, you know, they share their anniversaries and some people are in a hard spot and they'll share that, but there's just so much amazing support at those meetings and I think that's an awesome place for these people to be to uh, to really start building um, a live music sober foundation. Aside mm -hmm. from whatever support they're getting outside of live music, you know, this is just like it's the community within the live music scene for sober support. It's just it's just absolutely amazing. So 
I want to add. I want to add to what she said about you know attending the meetings uh, at set break. I had a experience at a much obliged table this winter, and um, at set break there was a person that was just sharing about how the people that they came with were all super super intoxicated and it was causing them causing them strife a little bit you know and so i said to her well why don't you come hang out with me and my friends like they might each have a couple drinks but nobody's like fucked up or whatever and she did and uh it was one of my favorite times at a show in the past few years like almost at the end of the second set she just looked over at me and she said thank you so much i'm enjoying this so much more than i was at the beginning of this show and we didn't exchange numbers we might never see each other again and but like the table was there and i was in a unique situation to help another person out and and that really is awesome thing about hot tea party and other yellow balloon groups i love it Matt, how about you? Advice for folks that might be hearing this and thinking, well, okay, well, I, I thought I couldn't, you know, be sober at shows, but this gives me a little bit of, uh, you know, hope or a way to do so. What is your advice for them? I, I think that, you know, uh, Binky and Michael, you know, laid out the blueprint, you know, <laughs> we're there, we take advantage, we try to have a meeting at set break. Sometimes it's too loud to really do that, but it doesn't stop you from connecting and building that network. It doesn't stop that. Sometimes people really want that more than they want a meeting. Yeah. And they just hang out and we have the, you know, a, a real good group. I guess what I'll do is, is since I've been doing this for a while, um, it's been, it's been a while. Um, I'll say I'll this, the most important thing is to be able to check your motives and look at your intentions and ask yourself, like, am I ready? Why am I going? You know, am I only going for the music? You know, mm-hmm. am I only going for the unity and the community? And if you can honestly look at yourself and say that that's what you're there for, then then there's the blueprint. You know, you got all the people, strangers stopping strangers, you know, like you're really true. You know, uh, people helping each other out and just for no um, you know reason other than because you know, it was done for them and because it's a, it's a nice thing to do. And Binky, I heard you say service. And I, I, you know, I, listen, I understand that people can't do it because they want to get up in the front (laughs) and they don't want to give up their show. My super suggestion for you is pick one of the groups for a a band you don't love. There you go. And then you don't, don't, I'll tell you what, I mean, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to say which band on the list is the one that I don't care about missing any notes of the show. I'm not here to bash any bands, you know, but there are some that it's like, you know, I'm so happy to be there for the people and, you know, they're happy to see me, Yeah. you know, yeah. and, and they come and they do, they get their yellow, the, the, the sticker. Although I Matt, say, thank, Matt, thank you so much for that suggestion because I was in the same car as Binky. <laughs> and, you know, you came from Goose? You, you got to see every Goose. Just the course of my, my life with that suggestion. Yeah, I love that. That, yeah. that is a really good idea. Maybe Michael and I can do a show that, well, they could pick a band that neither one of us like too much and we can do it together. Yes, awesome. <laughs> well, let's talk about that after the podcast but yeah. Leslie, Leslie is I forgot in the rundown can I can I um you asked me in the beginning it, and and with Binky talking about service there are people that I would like to recognize because yeah please you know, what, we'd love what, to what, to, what to really makes it go you know it's not the put the money that you put in it's great when we see we see 20s go in there we got a, a whole thing but what's more valuable is your time and that's what we've been talking about, right? Being able to show up an hour early, you know, and believe me, don't don't show up even one minute late if you're going to do the table for fish because they will leave you on the outside. <laughs> but um, I, I do want to send a, a special recognition to some certain people because when the hot tea party formed, there was a guy, Phil Jackson, he's been doing work with um, string cheese for a long time. And uh, he, just like me, we were talking, we were out at uh, somewhere, Merriweather or something like that, or, uh, you know, it doesn't matter what show, but, and, and, and we were like, yeah, let's get this for Goose. Let's do this. And like, you know, he was trying to go the route of like getting with the management team. And, you know, we were putting the Facebook group together. As a matter of fact, Adam Colton in Long Island, he was helping and he had put one together. And um, I had to change the name from what he originally had i think he had it as the gander originally or something like that um i forget 
But there were some people after a while when I had the Facebook group, um, you know, where I was saying, hey, who's willing to actually do the, the work that's needed to make this happen, to be organized and to form a group conscience so that we can get appropriate people to work the table and so that we can, you know, seem legit when we do get the opportunity. So I have a short list of people. Lauren S. down south. She's our southern coordinator. Couldn't have done it without her. Um, Jen M. out in the west. That's our, and I'm not naming people's um, last names. It's nothing to do yeah. with anonymity. I just, I don't want to mispronounce anybody's last name. No, I appreciate Jen that. Jen is our yeah. west coast uh, coordinator. And then Ish, Ish A is our Midwest coordinator. So we have the country kind of like all covered and we have these group uh, conscious meetings. And then of course, Ed, probably some of you have already spoken with Ed. Maybe you know Ed F. He's in Long Island or he was in Long Island. Now he's upstate New York and he covers the East Coast. And of course, I I love my role because I'm just kind of this guy in the background that just kind of helps people meet each other. And I'll ask the question, I'll say, hey, Andrea, and that's another shout out. Uh, hey, Andrea, are you willing to be the treasurer? Somebody's got to hold the money. Somebody's got to come up with the QR code for the, you know, and, and we trust her with the money. And, and Andrea does a great job doing that. And um, we tried to go the route of going through the, uh, my, I've turned out my old friend Matt Kalinske was working with them. And I thought, oh, this is going to be perfect. I know Matt, you know, like, and I'm going to be in. But it wasn't, didn't work out like that. And it wasn't until Drew, right? Drew G from Connecticut. Maybe Binky knows him. Um, he's, he's friends with Ben. And uh, it wasn't until Drew that we broke through. And it just happened all of a sudden. The very first hot, hot tea party table was at Westville. And... Uh, it was cool. We got a tablecloth and it's, it's exciting. And, you know, I just, uh, I don't know. I haven't heard from everybody here, but I didn't want to let this whole thing go. You know, like I said, when I first made my first thing, I said, this is going to happen with or without me. I mean, I, and I do a lot, you know, I'm not saying I don't do a lot, but there's nothing special about me. I'm just willing to, you know, to take the time. I'll do a table for any band as long as I don't have something with my son or, you know, something to do with something else. And I just, I love going and, and, and doing it. I, but I did want to mention all those people because when it came down to it and I put it on the Facebook group and I said, Hey, is anybody like, does anybody like have willingness and availability to do, do service work, you know, to like really make this happen. The people that I just named, that's the group conscience. And we got together and it took a long time to write like the, um, you know, we didn't just cut and paste from the other groups. You know, we, 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 we made it our own, you know, and so wow. uh, thank, thank you for letting me, I know, I know I've dominated the conversation. I don't, I don't yeah, know. That's why we have you here. Literally, the, you're the fount of knowledge. So we needed your expertise <laughs> and your insight, which actually gives a good, uh, you know, segue to my next question for you, Matt, which is, you know, if folks are, uh, are fans of other bands and they don't yet have a sober space, what are some steps that you would suggest folks take to start one in, in their um, individual music communities? It's almost the same answer for like going to the show and not using. It's like, just look in your heart and ask you, you know, what's your intention? You know, my intention, you know, when I wanted to put these people together was, is I just want to see a table at the show, you know, like, I mean, um, having a relationship with the band. And I will say this, there are so many bands. Oh, I forgot to mention Eggy, the Seekers of Joy. The very newest one, Eggy, also from Connecticut, one of my yeah. all time love it, love Eggy. Yeah, um, having a having a relationship with the band and realizing that this is not something that you're entitled to, you know, realizing that this is something that you know we're not a high priority for them. You know, they have a lot to remember, a lot to take care of. Currently, for Mo, they don't carry a whole bin for us. It's literally my son's old knapsack, okay? And they just have one little knapsack. Al took a picture of it. He put it on his Insta. And it was so cool. But, uh, <laughs> you know, like, um, you know, just asking the other fans. That's how Adam got it started, with the Hot Tea Party in particular. He started a Facebook group. He said, hey, is there anybody else who likes Goose 
right now who just is like not down for using, you know, because look, I haven't used anything since 11804, you know, and it took me a while to be able to get back to a show and I couldn't have done it without fellowship. I couldn't have done it without other people, you know, supporting me. Now I can go anywhere. I can do anything. It doesn't matter because, you know, like I, I have experience with it, but in the beginning, you know, I had to know, you know, the thing. And so, Building your building your network of people who are willing to, you know, not just go and, and, you know, and say, oh, that's cool. But people who are willing to give that most valuable thing they have their right. time. Can I ask you a question, Matt? Yeah. So yeah. if so, like if somebody so they get a group together and how do they get through to do they get in touch with the venue or do they get in touch with no, the, not band? the venue? And how would they do that? Do you know? That's a great question. Not the venue. Right. There are some venues right now that are approaching us, um, you know, as far as yellow balloon you know, groups and saying, how do we get this? But that's not what we have right now. What we have right now is we have individual relationships. Every one of those fellowships, organizations that I named has a special individual relationship where there's a band liaison and there's a contact person. And it's like there's a lot to it. Right. You know, it's not a real super simple thing. And they put us on the guest list. And they want us to show up a certain time. They want to make sure somebody's always at the table all night. We need people who are responsible. And, you know, honestly, you know, we want people who are, you know, I know I don't want to be controversial here, but we want people that are uh, appropriate. You know, if you want to talk more about like what that means later, you know, like I don't want to get into the whole thing, um, you know, but and, and there's many, and I respect everybody's road to recovery. I don't I'm not here to tell anybody what recovery means. I know what it means for me, you know, like I know I can't use anything, you know, and, 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 you know, that gets, that gets touchy, but, you know, building a relationship with the community of people who want to see it happen and then getting the band's permission. And I wish it, I could say it was easy as getting in touch with the, um, the management, but that doesn't seem to do it. You know, what seems to do it is, is somebody who's inside of the band wants it they know somebody who died okay they know i've seen i i got another great one how about this one time the wharf rats were having a hard time getting into the show a long time ago and phil lesh himself made sure that Mm -hmm. those people got into the show and he this is like a legendary thing and who knows how true it is i'm only going to say i heard this story Right. But Phil said to the people that that were giving him a hard time at the door with the guest list and said, hey, those people save lives. You know, get those people in here. We need those people to come in this show right now. You know, and, um, you know, some people don't, you know, nobody has to die. You know, like, I don't know. It gets real. It gets super touchy, you know. But Mm -hmm. as far as doing that, if there's a new band, whatever, connect with some of us on the other groups, you know, if and it could happen. You got to be patient. It takes a long time uh, and you got to, you know, have have luck and faith, you know, that it's going to happen. But it doesn't stop you. And I'll say this and, and this will be the end of it. Right. It doesn't ever stop you from just bringing your own yellow balloon. Right. Because there's some bands that don't want it where they've asked and they even have band members. And I definitely won't say the name of that band. But for years, there's one band that. They said, no, we, we, that's just too much of a hassle, putting you on the guest list and, you know, having to, you know, asking the, each venue to get a table and stuff like that. We, we just can't be bothered with that, you know, um, was the feeling, you know, not the specific words, but there was just a no. There was a no coming from the band's camp. But that doesn't stop the people from getting together. You can't stop us in the hallway from where, although in Radio City, speaking about that thing, I was told by the Radio City staff to not have a balloon. And that was uh, that was funny. <laughs> and you, we do have to respect the venue always. You said about no stickers. Some venues don't want the stickers. Capital Theater. You know, yeah, they don't. That's right. And uh, people abuse the privilege. But look at that beautiful wallpaper they got with Jerry in it. <laughs> Nobody wants to mess up. That's why they don't want stickers on it. Yeah. <laughs> they don't want stickers all over their bathroom. Exactly. We have control over the stickers. Once we put it on the table, you know, we don't know what we could ask people to. I spend a lot of time after I do the, you know, the table, you know, kind of policing the area and making sure there's not a bunch of stickers on the floor, you know, stuff like that. And yeah, uh, yeah. That's but I, I, I believe that there's going to be more and more yellow balloons 
uh, groups popping up, hopefully for different genres. You know, I'd love to see it in the rave community or, you know, Sound Tribe or, you know, just, to, you know, EDM with stuff like that, where there's a pervasive, you know, culture of, uh, you know, drugs and, you know, uh, or even where there's not. Did you guys know that James Taylor is the only artist that asked to have a Yellow Balloon group? This was not fan formed. Every other one that I named, I didn't even think of James Taylor because oh. it's like off my radar. And I did the table at James Taylor and I oh, don't nice. know if it was needed for the people, but James wanted it. <laughs> James wanted it there. And we yeah. got it for James all around the whole nation. Everybody, when we heard it was like lightning. The people were talking. I talked to Chris Thrasher in Atlanta and Lauren Rich in Long Island and Lisa Terry on the West Coast. And everybody was like, oh, James Taylor wants one? Yes, we are. Yes, we're going to do that. We're going to make that happen for James. And uh, he put Narcan in the box. I was getting ready to ask you, you know, like, do y'all have do y'all have Narcan at the tables? And we don't. We don't have any, you know, volunteers are supposed to bring some candy and we're supposed to make sure, you know, like we have stickers available if appropriate. And, um, you know, we we, we don't. But that doesn't mean that it doesn't happen, that people don't bring it. I mean, like at the Met. Any you guys went to the Met for those great goose shows? Uh, Yes. Philadelphia, what a beautiful venue. Um, The EMTs there were giving us... um, and there was another non-for-profit that was right next door at the, the next table, right next door. Sure, I, sure, I wish they'd give us a different spot in the venue for the. I know a lot of fans bring Narcan. Yeah, they could, as far as the table, you know, we're we're there for traction support. You know, we're not medical professionals. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's that's what I was just wondering, you know, because I work with a charity here at home. My cousin um, passed away of an OD, and so we'll give out Narcan and stuff. And so I put on um, I put on El Goose a few times, you know, like if anyone needs any Narcan or fentanyl testing strips or whatever, you know, let me know and I'll send them to you and stuff. So that's why that's why I was asking. I can I can bring some if you if you need something because I they get, will they'll put it in yeah. the bin and then the bin yeah. and then it will okay. be there. But we right. don't awesome. we don't take it upon ourselves to do it. I don't think we're opposed to it though. Okay, awesome. I haven't heard anybody opposed. To it. <laughs> and also the testing strip. Somebody tested something at the at the Met. Yeah, yeah. Those yeah. things it's important. I mean, it's it's insane what what you hear. Like you know, just it's really insane about it. So, but yeah, mm. I'll I'll bring some, and that's good to it's good to know. And so that way that there'll be some. And um, but I I so much appreciate this and having a sober place, you know, for everyone and for everyone because it is so important. When you were talking about networking, that's what we have at the shows, and we're all networking with each other, and so that's very important to network. And have that networking, you know, group so that you can go with different people and know like, hey, I've got this person to go sober with. So that's so thank y'all so much for for that. And good advice on the on the going, you know, which band that it's not your one that you have to be in the front row for. <laughs> the pressure is on. Thanks. Did you, did you guys did you guys ever hear of the Yoda ladies? The Yoda ladies? No, no. Yeah, so it's similar to what you guys have formed, but it's for Mo. There's a Mo song called Yoda Little, and the Yoda ladies formed, and they would and they would offer like, um, you know, if anybody felt unsafe at like Mo Down or something, and they wanted to walk back to their camp, you know, back to their their spot or whatever. Yeah, because I would. I was thinking while you're talking, you know, it's all about community and just knowing you, you're you you're not alone there at the show. Like you have people that are in a similar spot as you. And that's how I feel about Goose Chicks, too, is when I'm going to a show alone as a woman, it's nice to know there's other women there I can connect with and have someone and know I'm not alone. And um, and I think that's what it's all about is just having people you can connect with and depend on for community. So I love that. So thank you for sharing. I learned a lot. Yeah, so absolutely. good to hear from you, Chelsea. You've been so quiet. A lot of people I'm just listening, so oh, you know, all in. Our synthesizer. So this, this, 
conversation will end up with like three new show ideas afterwards because she'll <laughs> be kind of turning the data and the information and then she'll be like, you know what? I think we need to do a panel with all <laughs> from different bands and then we'll be trying to find the like founders of the Funky Bitches in a month. So anyway... <laughs> Literally, that's what will end up happening. So yeah, she's she's our uh, synthesizer often, our own, our very own empress, actually. Yes, um, for sure. So um, as we finish up, I wanted to give Michael and Binky one a more just a chance. If there was anything else that you felt was missing that we didn't get to say or cover that you wanted to make sure folks knew about, um, any resources that you direct people to as well, Michael, I'll start with you. Michael? Uh, no, I don't, I don't have anything else to add. I just want to say to you all and anybody listening, if nobody's told you yet today, I love you. Aww. Love Aww. you too. <laughs> I love you too. I don't really have too much to add except to say um, thank you so much for inviting me on. I'm always so nervous when I'm invited to do these things because I just feel really funny on screen. But... Um, this was great. And it was great to hear you, Matthew. It's great to see you again, Michael. And I'll see some of you in Louisville. Yes. Right. Yes, I don't know how many are all, yeah, all you ladies going? Uh, just oh, yeah. like sometimes. Chelsea's okay. Coming. So I will see you guys in Louisville. I just got my Mr. Please tickets too. Oh, oh yay. Yeah, so I awesome. and Mr. Please. So I haven't seen Mr. Please yet. I've seen Houseplant. So I'm really excited to see Jared's band. Um so any, but yeah, so just thank you so much for inviting me. And this was, this was wonderful. And, um, and to be honest, I was, um, kind of in quite a little funk and I was kind of dreading coming on here. And, um, the fact that I just started talking about recovery and the benefits of it and, um, the community, uh, really got me out of my uh, negative headspace. So I'm very appreciative for that too. Um, Matt, just one final thing question is like, if people do want to, um, volunteer their time, talent or treasure to, um, the hot tea party, can you tell folks where to go and where they should look for to volunteer at shows or to get more information about volunteering or supporting the work? I guess while you're at the show, you can just talk to the volunteer. That's the, the frontline way to do it. Um, we do have the Facebook group. It's the Hot Tea Party. You know, that's it's lowercase T, uh, Hot Tea Party, the Hot Tea Party. And, um, you know, I, I'll, I mean, I'll put my phone number in the chat here if anybody wants. I can connect you with. Oh, no, no, don't do your phone number over there. Okay, I won't do it. I won't do it. But what <laughs> I'm saying is, is uh, if anybody has a particular region that they're interested in, I would funnel you to the right person, like the way we have it divided up amongst the, um, you know, certainly, I mean, um, yeah, but as far as the other social media platforms, I know they're big on it. Um, you know, the only, uh, the only Insta I have is for my radio show. I don't really know. I don't really go on there for anything other than for my public access radio show. Got it. Awesome. Um, Great to hear. We'll include a link to um, Matt's radio show on the show notes for the show. So you can check those out. So you can take a listen and support Matt's work outside of this yellow balloon work that means so much. Um, thanks again, Michael and Binky and Matt for joining us. We're so, um, so glad that you're here. Uh, Goose Chicks podcast is produced by Leslie Mack. That's me with support from sound engineer Matt Dwyer co-host Alexia Sleepo and contributors Chelsea Long and Hannah Liebreich. Special thanks to our sponsor, Ben and Jerry's, for their support, especially Jay Curley, Jay Tandon, and both of their teams. We are a proud member of the Osiris Media family. You can check us out on socials at Goose Chicks Pod and on our website, goosechickspod.com. And remember to subscribe and leave us a review in your favorite podcast app. Also, tell a friend about the show. It really helps us out. Don't forget to call our number. Leave us a message at 704-275-3128. Until next time, be kind to each other out there. And remember, keep it Ted. Bye, y'all. Bye. 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 Keep doing it. Thank you. Osiris. Hey, what's up? This is Blake Wyland. I'm the host of the Tone Mob podcast. It's a show where I interview guitar people about guitar stuff. We talk about their pedals, their amps, their accessories, their preferences, all that stuff, as well as a healthy dose of whatever comes up. 
Topics have ranged from aliens to addiction and anywhere in between. Oh yeah, and pizza. We're definitely going to be talking about pizza. So get the show wherever you're listening to this podcast at. Just search The Tone Mob in your search bar and it will pop right up. Come join us. We're having a lot of fun. Thanks for checking it out. Hey, this is Steve Choi, host of the Musicians Guild podcast, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. Within the four walls of the Musicians Guild, we'll be discussing the habits, idiosyncrasies, experiences, and general psychology of my friends and peers, all involved with music in various capacities. Listen and subscribe at SoundTalentMedia.com.